Hello, everyone. My name is Annie Miller. I'm an extension educator here at Penn State Extension, and I have Lynn Kime with us. He is an extension senior associate, and what I really like to call him is our resident economic expert. Lynn, hello. Hi, how are you? Good. Lynn, so what we're going to um, ask you about today is something that you really are very knowledgeable about. It's risk management for crops. I think as a, a new farmer starting out, um, that may be something that they are less familiar with. Uh, a lot of people are familiar with the different types of business insurance, which we will go through in another podcast, but risk management for crops is really something that's unique to farming. Yeah, so that's, that's true. Um, oh. Very few other industries have anything similar to crop insurance. So if, what are the insurance options for crops? Could you go through those? Well, there's, there's quite a few. Uh, you're, you have your traditional crop insurance, which is multi-parallel crop insurance. Uh, you have insurance for specialty crops, like uh, you can use uh, whole farm crop insurance or the non-insured crop insurance or crop disaster program or NAP uh, through your local farm service agency office. But these, these are the types of policies that uh, are going to have the most usage for uh, new and beginning farmers. Okay, so you've said a lot of terms here, multi-peril crop insurance, and um, sometimes that's called MPCI. What, what, what types of losses are covered by that? Uh, for the most part, it's, it's uh, losses due to weather, adverse weather conditions, uh, too much rain, too little rain. Uh, you have, you know, hail, covers a little bit for hail, uh, tornadoes, earthquakes, uh, that type of thing. Anything that has a, a definite impact on um, your uh, your, your crop yields or your crop okay. value. That is really interesting. So, and, and are all the crops covered in Pennsylvania by that? No, um, there's a, a uh, crop insurance covers what we call program crops. So in Pennsylvania, those crops are apples and now you can cover your apple trees. Uh, barley, processing beans, cabbage, corn, uh, grain and silage, forage production, forage seeding, grain sorghum, grapes, uh, peas, green peas, uh, nursery crops are covered, oats, uh, pasture, rangeland and forage, uh, peaches, pears, uh, potatoes, soybeans, fresh market and processing sweet corn, uh, tobacco, fresh market and processing tomatoes and wheat. Uh, there's also some crop insurance that actually covers uh, dairy and uh, lambs. Um, apiculture or beekeeping is covered also under crop insurance. Uh, that's covered through the pasture and rangeland and forage program, uh, which is a very unique type of program. So that's the crops that are covered. So for example... Okay. Uh, you might think that some something like strawberries should be covered, but they are actually covered under the non-insured uh, disaster program through the Farm Service Agency. 
that is a pretty extensive list, uh, though. It does seem like many of the major types of crops are covered. Yes. And it seems like many of the major types of sort of uh, weather related or, or farming, you know, insect, the things that farmers have to deal with all the time are covered as well. Yes. Yeah. So, so uh, how do you, oh, go yeah. ahead, Lynn, sorry. Okay. You know, a lot of the things that are covered, you know, like I said, um, wildlife damage is covered. So if you have a lot of deer damage or something to that effect, that can be covered also. Your, uh, if your irrigation supply fails, uh, that's, that's covered. So what are the crop insurance program basics? Like what, what does the yield have to be? Are there certain metrics involved in that? Yes, there's, there's several uh, stages of, of yield coverage. Um, it goes pretty much anywhere from 50% up through 75% by increments of 5%. 50% uh, is, is traditionally been called cat coverage or catastrophic loss coverage. Uh, so you, you basically select uh, the desired yield loss that you want to uh, insure against uh, within this portion of the policy. So, for example, if you have selected the 70% coverage level, uh, as soon as you lose 31% of your crop, you have a claim. Uh, so if you have chosen the 50% coverage level, you have to lose 51% of your crop to start having a claim. Uh, granted, the premiums are lower, but you also have uh, less of a chance of, of receiving a, uh, an indemnity check. And you is can, this something that, that I can get as a new and beginning farmer or do I have to have records or how does this work? Um, in, a, in a previous podcast, we've covered record keeping. So record keeping is going to be key. Um, one, on the, also on the, on the coverage levels, you can choose 55 to 100% of your uh, price election. So, um, so what you want to do is you need, um, you need three years worth of records, uh, your production records, um, or, you know, four successive years if possible. You know, you have, they're going to, you're going to keep these records for at least 10 years. And that's going to basically determine your average actual production history or APH. Uh, so if you have, if you're just starting out, uh, for a new and beginning farmer, a lot of the uh, fees are reduced for you. Because if you have, you know, if you don't, if you're just starting out, you have no records whatsoever. Uh, it's, you're, you're going to get the first year, you're going to get uh, like 65% of what, of the county, what they call a T yield, which is the average yield for that crop in that county. So once you hit three years of records, then you get 100% of the uh, county T yield. And once you have four successive years of records, then you get what is your actual production history. Uh, county T yields tend to be uh, sometimes lower than, than most people's production, but it is an average. So some people are lower, some people are higher. So you have to take that into account. And how do I go about getting this crop insurance? 
you're going to need to contact a crop, a certified crop insurance salesperson. Uh, you can look that up on the uh, risk management agency's website. Uh, it's rma.gov. And you can go there and find a list of, of certified crop insurance salespeople or companies within the state that you're in or the, even the area that you're in. Uh, many, a lot of even traditional insurance people that sell farm insurance, you know, some don't carry crop insurance, but they could probably recommend somebody that does. So, uh, but it is a, you have to be a specific agency to, to sell crop insurance. Now you said something really that, that piqued my interest, something about whole farm revenue protection. What is that? Whole Farm Revenue Protection basically is a program that you insure your revenue and not your not the crops themselves. Um, it's uh, you know it's it's loss due to natural and named causes of loss and market fluctuations. So if the markets go up and down and you're losing money, uh, you you would use this Whole Farm Revenue Protection. And for most beginning farmers, it, it covers quite a bit of, of, uh, pre of uh, income for the year. Uh, most new and beginning farmers are not gonna be anywhere close to the to maximum level of this. Um, some people actually use whole farm revenue protection like a blanket policy over top of their other crop insurance. Uh, now, you know, any income you get from crop insurance, other crop insurance policies is going to count against your, you know, are your against your losses. But still, you know, you can use whole farm revenue protection to basically, you know, kind of throw a blanket over your other coverage and increase your coverage to probably the maximum amount. Um, it's fine. You use your, your uh, Schedule F uh, tax forms. Which is why I always tell people as soon as you start to uh, sell products from your farm, start to file that Schedule F. And because it, you know, you're going to use that throughout the, this, this program. Uh, as I said before, the maximum, you know, you have a maximum of 8.5 million of insured revenue. So as I say, once you get over that $8.5 million worth of income, they figure you probably may not need uh, whole farm revenue protection. So, um, but like I say, most small and new and beginning farmers aren't going to be anywhere close to $8 million worth of income in their, in their early years. Well, it'd be nice if they were, but it's something Wouldn't to be. shoot for, right? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so you can get a standalone policy or an umbrella type policy. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, you can use, like I say, you can use it either way. Uh, some farms use just whole farm revenue protection, and and that is it. They don't you know don't use any other crop insurance. Uh, some farms use basic level crop insurance programs, uh, like say fifty percent uh, production, maybe a hundred percent of the price uh, election, and then use whole farm revenue as a as a bump up in coverage. Uh, use it that way. So, Lynn, how much crop insurance do I really need? That's that's the question that uh, if I knew the answer to that, I could sell myself out to every farm and 
and uh, not have to worry about uh, income for the rest of my life. But it all depends on how much risk you're willing to assume. Uh, people that are willing to assume quite a bit of risk may want to stay with the cat coverage or, or lower levels of coverage. People that want to, you know, don't want to assume hardly any risk, they're going to buy up. Uh, just keep in mind that the more coverage you have, the higher the premium. So uh, you can become insurance poor, uh, but it's one of those things of you have, that has to be an individual decision. All right, so I have to kind of weigh some of the um, prices of the policy uh, with my risk, uh, my willingness to, to be at risk, as well as some of my revenues. Right, correct. Okay. Um, are there any other sort of uh, assistant programs that a, a new farmer should be aware of? Yeah, as I said before, the, the uh, non-insured crop disaster assistance program, which is technically usually called, you'll hear it called NAP, uh, it's available through your local farm service agency. Uh, one of the things that NAP does very well is it covers commodities or crops that don't have a, a, a program policy in your area, in your state. So if you're doing something like mushrooms or floriculture or maple syrup, uh, that kind of thing, Christmas trees is one that, that the NAP program ensures quite a bit within Pennsylvania. Um, it's the one thing I, another thing that I like about NAP is you can insure less than an acre of production with NAP. Uh, if you have good records, you take your records into your farm service agency office and you can insure, uh, if you're a, a, an urban farmer, this may be an option for you. Uh, you can insure you know, the amount of feet in a row that you have. Uh, so that's, a, that's something that crop insurance uh, will not do is insure less than an acre. So if you're a small farmer and just getting started, uh, the NAP program may be something you should probably uh, check into. Oh, I think this is really encouraging that there are some tools available to uh, new farmers to help, you know, mitigate some of the risks because farming is risky, right? There's always, there's always something, whether it's weather or an insect or an animal coming after your crops. Correct. Uh, you don't have to be a pessimist to know that there's something going to go wrong somewhere, sometime throughout the year. That's, that's one of Lynn Kimes famous sayings, everyone. <laughs> All right, Lynn, I really appreciate uh, this, this sort of broad overview. Um, if, if people want to get more information, where do you, um, where do you suggest they go? Uh, they can go on to the uh, Penn State Extension website and look under uh, uh, business and operations and uh, the business uh, business part of it, and in under that drop down menu is a risk management uh, level. So that's where most of our risk management uh, information is housed. All right, thanks, Lynn. You're quite welcome.